So uh, we are here with Jody and Preston Hicks today at another episode of Conversations with Rev Randall. I'm just kind of tracing God's grace and the lives of his people here at TCPC and uh, celebrating what he has done and forming us as a family. So Jody and Preston, thank you all for doing this. Um, first question, when did you all get to TCPC? Were you here at the very beginning? No, 1987 right, is when, so we, when we moved to Lexington. What uh, was the church meeting in the uh, still at a school? Okay, so that's one of the questions I have written down that I want to ask everybody. What was your first impression of Tate's Creek Presbyterian Church? Well, Preston had moved here a few weeks ahead of me uh, because our house hadn't sold yet, and when I came just in time to get our boys into school. He was still going back and forth to Tulsa to teach a continuing education course. So the first time that uh, I visited Tate's Creek was when the weekend he was gone. So, so I was there. By or the kids? I, so I went by myself with the kids at the invitation of uh, uh, Pat Ewing, who had. Um, it was our realtor who told us, okay. said, oh, you sound like you're looking for the kind of church that one of my other <laughs> uh, uh, clients had. And so Pat said it took her two weeks to get up the nerve to call me. But I, So I came and visited. The first thing we noticed is that it was expository teaching, okay. uh, which is the one thing we were looking for. And, uh, and Al as you remember, had his board up there with all the stick figures and, and everything right. as he taught so uh, verse by verse, and it was such a blessing. And then it took us 15 minutes to get out of there because everybody greeted us and mm. they were genuinely interested. Other churches we had visited, sometimes nobody spoke to us at all, even though we were obviously new people. <laughs> So uh, when Preston got back the next week, I said, you can visit this church. And we went back, and we've never been to another church since. <laughs> Preston, you came the next week. Yes. Uh, your first impression. Uh, I think my first impression was uh, the warm fellowship mm -hmm. that just was there. And, and, of course, Al was the type of guy that he was the glue. I mean, he had everybody meeting everybody, and it was just, uh, uh, it was immediate just feeling like you were in the place you were supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I think we all felt that comfort. Mm -hmm. But most of all, we just felt the Spirit working through the teaching of the Word, and it was flowing out in fruit of the Spirit mm -hmm. of the people. Mm -hmm. Uh, surrounding us, and and you and we had enough experience to under to recognize authenticity yeah. at that yeah. point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So for people who are listening who don't know, they're talking about Al, but that's Al Lutz, who is the founding pastor of the church. Right. That the Lord used this particular man with a few other folks who had a vision for it, but he moved to Lexington to plant the church, right. and that that was before my time here. But I've I've gotten to know Al over the years. Uh, he was church planner extraordinaire. Like, he literally did everything. He did. Um, he even planted the trees. Yeah, planted the trees that are still here. Still, right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was in town not too many years ago during the week and came by and just wanted to say hello and dropped in unannounced. Uh, 
And one of the things he did was he took a lap around the building <laughs> to look at the landscaping. <laughs> so not just want to know how people were doing. He wanted to know how, how his trees were doing. Right. I just wonder if he went through and checked the commodes to be sure the bricks were still in there because <laughs> he, he was saving water. <laughs> yep. That's a real thing. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, That's the story that happened. Yeah. Um, so Preston, you moved to Lexington in 87 to be part of dentistry at UK, correct? Tell us exactly what brought you here and what your career has been. It's it's really kind of a, a journey that actually started back in 1971 <laughs> when I was invited to be part of a faculty exchange program. So I came here to visit University of Kentucky and stayed here for a year uh, as a visiting professor actually to to learn more about some innovations that the University of Kentucky was bringing into dental education. And it was at that time that I uh, gained a, a broader vision of what my professional career might look like having had that experience here and being exposed to a different approach to the way specialty education was being done for undergraduate dental students. Part of the reason for my being there was the University of North Carolina wanted to model some of the University of Kentucky's approaches. So the long story of all of that is is that then led me to then go into orthodontics as a specialty, and I went to Seattle, Washington. That then led eventually to then coming back to North Carolina and then being called to Tulsa to help start a dental school. And in that process, I had developed a new curriculum at ORU, and it invited uh, another pediatric dentist who was a, a chairman at uh, West Virginia at the time to come and review our curriculum. That then led uh, to his recognition of something that was very unique that was being done there. And then some years later, when ORU was closing, he then became the dean at the University of Kentucky. Uh -huh. And at that time, the university had lost its orthodontic program because of some financial issues mm -hmm. with funding two dental schools in Kentucky. Well, there's one at Louisville and one at Kentucky. And, and there was some desire to maybe close the one at uh, Lexington, University yeah. of Kentucky, in favor of Louisville because it was a bigger program. Well. The dean decided that was not a good idea. And so he invited me to come back to help integrate a new approach to then teaching orthodontics at the University of Kentucky. So it turned out that that relationship that was started in Kentucky here in 71 continued through Dean Nash at, at, wow. uh, at, uh, at ORU led eventually to us being invited to come back to Kentucky here in 1987. There are a lot of other details that go into that story, mm -hmm. but it, it, it's a really strong testimony of how God used mm -hmm. so many kinds of disparate things that was weaving together a pattern for my life that I could not have ever envisioned <laughs> at that time. No. Yeah, somebody said it was like looking at a tapestry from behind. Right. Yeah. The real picture's on the other side, but you're right. only seeing right. the little straggles of things from the other. So. so God's providence, very unique, with, with 15, 16 years in between. Then you come back here in 87, and Lexington's been your home. 
since that. And so now you are Lexingtonians, you are Kentuckians. Yeah. We bleed a darker blue now. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we're definitely bleeding uh, a darker blue. But you're both from North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Well, well we both grew up in, North, grew Carolina. Up in North Carolina. Neither of us was born there, okay. but we grew up in North Carolina. What, what town? She, she grew up in Salisbury, North Carolina, and I grew up in a small town where Lee and Richard Petty started their racing institution. It's called Randleman, North Carolina. Wow. And I went to high school with Lee and Richard. You went to high school with Richard Petty? With Richard Petty, yes. <laughs> That's <important. laughs> so, I did not know that. Well, I thought that would just drop that in for a little name dropping here. But. Kelly Holt, you, you better be listening to this. <laughs> And then my dad got transferred eventually to Burlington, North Carolina, uh, as part of a, a job transfer. He was an industrial engineer for Burlington Industries. And, uh, and that was in my junior year of high school, and that was transformative for me because I, I had really no real vision about what I was going to do in life. And there's a pretty strong story there of how God's providence worked through that move to direct me into dentistry wow. and then from there to Chapel Hill. So, uh, and then eventually I was invited to stay on the faculty at, at Chapel Hill and we thought that was going to be our home for the rest of our lives mm -hmm. there. And, <laughs> and now it's a darker shade of blue. Now it's a darker now shade of blue. Okay. Very dark. Um, all right, if you look back from 1987 at Tates Creek Presbyterian Church to 2021 TCPC, uh, what's changed? What hasn't changed? Uh, how would you describe the church now compared to then? I mean, a lot's happened from meeting in a school until now. Well, the we I guess it was maybe the end of August or first September when we had those first visits. October was when they moved into the new sanctuary that this little congregation had stepped out in faith to build. There were only maybe, what, a hundred, not more than 150 people, and yet they built this. And it was the first Sunday that we were in that sanctuary, we just, that was the confirmation that this was the place God wanted us to be. And that would be the current fellowship hall. That's right. right. We joined and January of 1988. That was the fourth anniversary of the church was okay. when we had the and so membership. January of 88 was the first worship service inside In the, the permanent building. Okay. Well, no, October is when they had the first That's worship right. service, okay. but as far as having membership, they saved them all for the anniversary uh, in January. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, true. Um, and so after a few years, Al invited Preston to be an elder we hadn't been here very long. Well, you first invited me to be a deacon. A deacon, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to learn how to make coffee first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was very particular about that, too. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but then uh, after two the years, uh, he felt like maybe I should go ahead and consider yeah. Okay. We had matured enough in the, the Reformed faith by that time. <laughs> yeah, we were in training at that time in yeah. Reformed theology. Yeah, because we had been in an Armenian church before. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, and while we had learned a lot, we had not understood about God's sovereignty. And grace. And uh, by that time, we, uh, we did, the first couple of years, we just 
kept our mouths shut and listened, and the Lord really blessed so, us. You didn't know you were coming to a quote reformed church until you were already here. Yeah, that's right. We I grew up in the Presbyterian U.S. church, and we weren't going to even look at a Presbyterian church because we didn't know about the PCA. Yeah, I, I would say that the backstory there is that we had been in the university's Presbyterian church in our early marriage, but found it to be not what we were even considering Christianity mm -hmm. that was back during the time when God was dead, mm -hmm. uh, the miracles of the Bible were being questioned, mm -hmm. the higher criticisms were taking over the seminary. Right. And, uh, and frankly, when it got down to it, it didn't really seem like it was Christianity anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you've been through, um, gosh, four decades of church life at TCPC. What's different now? I, I guess that's just as one of the current ministers. Um, not that I'm fishing for anything, but you've just been here the whole time. Well, there again, it's it's been an up and down thing. By the time uh, Al decided to retire, um, Preston, of course, had been an elder for several years. I had been directing the women's ministry uh, at Mary Beth Moore is right. the one who started that, and after four years she stepped down, and I, I was asked to take over. And uh, and it was through that that uh, when Al stepped down, there was an election for a search committee for the next pastor, mm. and I was elected. I was the I, on the pulpit. I was the token woman <laughs> on the search committee. Was there only one woman? During the process, Noel. During the process, one of the elders moved away, so there was another election, and Janice Kelly was okay. invited to join, which was a great relief to me because Janice was, I felt, more a real prayer warrior, okay. more so than I felt like I was. So. So anyway, uh, and we were the first to visit Petrus uh, in his church, in Indiana, and and, and tried to, you know, anonymously. So and first time we heard him preach, we said we we knew this was the one, mm -hmm. but of course he didn't want to leave. So anyway, long story short, Petrus, God did bring him here. Just about the time he had accepted the call was when I was diagnosed with MS. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I wrote Jan Rukas, who also had it, and let her know, well, I guess God wanted somebody in this congregation to know what it was like to be you. So, oh, wow. So Jan and I became very close friends. Mm -hmm. And, and so then, of course, continues, I'm sure. so then, oh, yeah, uh, we used to joke together how, you know, we lean on each other, and between the two of us, we make one whole person. You know? <laughs> But uh, then when we lost Petrus, I mean, that was a really dark time. Mm. However, um, he had brought the congregation together in such a way mm. that um, I think we lost very few people during that time when, when, we, uh, when we lost him. Um, because we had had these care groups and... Uh, we, it was just such a, a drawing together mm -hmm. instead of uh, mm -hmm. holding our hands up in despair mm -hmm. and uh, wondering, you know, 
so um, so it was difficult to go through that uh, tragedy, but God then he brought John Sartell, and that was a totally different time. <laughs> you know, talk about a contrast of styles. <laughs> but that, those were good years when John was here, and and um, the church started growing again. And yeah, I was. I would just back up just to say that uh, one thing that. I think that whole experience taught me was that of God's sovereign hand, even through the tragedies, um, because Petrus actually truly made us a reformed church. Mm -hmm. Right. If I if if I were to be honest about yeah. it, not anything against Al. Al had a different mission. That's but, right. Mm -hmm. But I think Petrus taught us that probably more solidly and he brought the session along mm -hmm. into that understanding better than mm -hmm. than we had been before so that was a major stepping stone for actually handling the tragedy that came when we lost wow. Pe mm -hmm. uh, Petrus yeah well and uh, and and his calling was to teach us to be shepherds mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we needed shepherding during that time. We sure did. And so he left his own legacy and his church through that very mission. Oh, and it was just one of those sure. uh, things that you see the hand of God working, mm -hmm. you know, even mm -hmm. through the tragedies. And it reminds me so much of even when, when we went through the loss of the dental school at ORU that I began to see the story of Joseph in Genesis. Mm -hmm in a kind of a more personal way because if you look at Joseph who got this wonderful vision mm. of what the future was and his role in that future, what followed after was nothing but one disaster after another. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yet every one of those disasters through faith became the stepping stone to actually realizing the vision. Wow. And that kind of has been such a lifelong story for me is as a perspective on hardship is not catching God by surprise so I think I think God steeled us for becoming who we are today through that tragedy with mm -hmm. uh, with Petrus which then led to now you and Robert now being mm -hmm. here doing what you're doing yes it's, it's we want to think that the Lord prevents the trials but he uses the trials. In the life of the church, you can see uh, that, that the Lord uses pain and trials and his own supernatural. Amen. His perspective is much higher than ours. Much longer, right. <laughs> well, on an easier question, you've been married for 57 years. What do you tell a couple that is in their first year of marriage? <laughs> Mm. Well, stop trying to make each other be what you want them to be, but be who you're supposed to be. Mm. And that's a good word. <laughs> and, I didn't say and, for people in their 27th year of marriage. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, Okay. Uh, and then just uh, I, I think I, I think Jody and I, if there have been any of the hard times in our marriage have been not really serious things, but the, the, the blips have been really related to failure to communicate mm -hmm. properly. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, that's yeah. been the big one. That's the big one. Yeah. Yeah. Failure to communicate. Okay. And um, 
And it's even harder now now that I'm hard of hearing. <laughs> and, and my short-term memory is on the question. <laughs> so there's not one key to your 57 years of marriage. Well, it, it all started with God's hand, uh, the, the way he brought us together, oh, and, yeah. and we recognized that. And Jody knew right away, apparently, that we were supposed to be married because she wrote home and told her parents. After our first date. After our first date that I met the man I'm going to marry. Mm. And I was looking at her as still a babe and, you know, didn't know what she wanted. And so, but I had grown up in the tradition in, in southwestern Virginia that when you get married, you take vows. And those are permanent. And I know how hard Hicks's can be to live with. <laughs> so I didn't know if she really knew what she was, you know, asking for. So, uh, but once that confirmation came and, and then the experience that Jody and I both experienced in our marriage uh, on our wedding day mm -hmm. was this sense that there was this aura around us. The whole time we were at this altar, I mean, it was just like we were in some wow. other reality. We felt the Shekinah glory. It, I know, it literally was. During your wedding During the wedding during ceremony. The, while we were taking our vows. It was just like everything else around us disappeared. And I think that gave us such a strong sense of God's hand being on us that it was worth protecting what we had here because he got, it was God that brought us together. So if we ran into disagreements, ultimately we had to say, hey, it's about the marriage. It's not about my hurt feelings or not. But it's mm -hmm. about the marriage because God made this marriage. Mm -hmm. So we had to keep reminding ourselves of that when we run into the, the times when we in our humanness and our weaknesses as humans would uh, step on each other's toes inadvertently or whatever to, to cause hurt feelings. So I think those are the things. And being part of a, a church that supports living in truth. I mean, you know, the whole bit is is all coming together mm -hmm. under God's hand, and 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 being strong and committed to uh, church was, has been a, a vital part of that as well. Mm -hmm. That we live in community because we can't do all these things mm -hmm. together. This church is a major reason why we stayed here after he retired. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're just so thankful. We'll wrap up by simply saying this. On, on behalf of all of us here uh, on staff and on the pastoral team and on behalf of the session, uh, Preston, you're Elder Emeritus, so you're always part of the session. Uh, but what a joy it is for uh, us to continue to do fellowship with you all and the blessing that you have been and continue to be to the church. We are we're grateful for you. Well, it's a blessing to us to be here. We're so thankful the Lord led us here. Okay. Amen.